0: I just want to say, kia ora and to those who are watching uh, online and uh, if you're listening to a podcast, great to have you with us, joining our Connect Church family. Pray you uh, would be blessed by the message today. I started a series a few weeks ago called "Teach These Things," and I'm working through a passage in Titus chapter two, verses eleven through uh, fifteen, and we're going to continue in that today. And we're working through it because. Again, we shouldn't rush over Scripture. It's great to just spend some uh, time there and dig a, dig a little into what the Word of God is saying. And this particular passage spoke to me because there's so much in it that can be uh, squeezed out. So uh, It's from the New Living Translation, so I don't know if many have that, so it'll come on the screen. And It goes like this, Titus 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Thank you, Jesus. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. Come on, say it like you believe it now, wisdom. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. Why we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave His life to free us. My friend, if you're here today and you're bound up, if you're here today and you're chained up, if you're here and you've got things, you might look pretty on the outside. You might go, "Wow, well, no, I've got no problem. But you know, you know the you chained up. I want to tell you, there is a God in heaven who loves you. About five of you are excited about that. I said, there's a God in heaven who loves you and has died to set you free. Remember, we are not saved because we give our life to Jesus. We are saved because He gave His life for us. Come on, somebody. He gave His life that we can know freedom from sin, freedom uh, from every kind of sin. Nothing is off the list to cleanse us and to make us His very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Then it says in verse 15, you must teach these things, which is what I'm doing, and encourage... believers to do them. Because how many know if we just listen to the word and we don't do what it says, the Bible says we deceive ourselves. So we need to understand this word. So I'm wanting to encourage you today. So we're going to continue in verse 12 and, uh, and, and just sort of pick up where we left off. Verse 12 says, we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. Now, I, I said last time that this passage tells me three things. And we looked at two of them last time. It tells me, number one, it's an evil world. We live in an evil world. The second thing we can learn from it is that we should live in it. Just because it's evil, we're not to run away. And, oh, I wish I could get to have it. No, no. It's an evil world. And number two, we should live in it. We're to be in it, not of it. In it, not of it. Of it, right? Can I hear an amen on uh, uh, that? And uh, again, people say, Well, oh, it's so dark, Pastor, but here's the thing you are the light of the world. Jesus said about you, You are the light of the world. And then it goes on and tells us number three, and that's what we're going to look at today how to live in it. It gives us some keys. So here's part three of Teach These Things. So, verse 12, it says, We should live in this evil world. Here's how with wisdom. Everybody say wisdom one more time. Wisdom. And so I think it's wise that we talk about wisdom today, a little play on where, okay, didn't work, all right, so never, never mind. So, so turn to your neighbor and say, buckle up, we're going to go real quick. Your pens are going to be smoking if you're taking uh, notes uh, right now, because we've got lots of scripture to get through. So I, I want to say this, if we're going to do life in this big, bad world, we need, you need, I need wisdom. Because the reality is to live godly in an ungodly world is no simple assignment. Can I hear an amen <laughs> on that one? It is, it is certainly not an easy thing to do, especially with all the challenges that we're faced today. We don't have to, we live in a world where, where, where the whole, the news and information of the world is constantly bombarding us from every, so it's no easy assignment to live godly in an ungodly world. So, we need wisdom. So, I want to look at three things today. One, what is wisdom? Two, why do I need wisdom? And three, where do I find wisdom? So, number one, what is wisdom? Now, I, I need to clear something right off the bat, straight away. I mean, we just need to get this out the way, okay? So somebody doesn't t- tell, me, tell me later, I just, just want to clear this up. And uh, that, that, uh, Men, I don't want to lose you here, okay? I do not want to lose you. Stay with me, men, stay with me, okay? But, but the Bible says wisdom is a she. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say it. The uh, uh, Bible says the wisdom is a she and all the ladies said. Amen. I'm just clearing it right off the thing. I okay? can't just right off the bat. Just right off the bat. Just right off the bat. <laughs> we're clearing it. Proverbs 1 verse 20. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, She makes her speech. Now, I want to say, there are wise men in the Bible. There were three of them. There were three of them. Just three. (laughs) Three of them. And we remind you, ladies, of them every Christmas. We want to talk about three wise men. And if we add Solomon, that makes it four. But I'm just clearing that right off the table. Wisdom is uh, she. So what is wisdom? It can be my wife in many circumstances. She tells me what this is the way we. But but wisdom is a she. But if we ask the question, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability. Listen, this is this definition I found in my King James version. It said, wisdom is the ability to live life skillfully. How many of us here wish we could have done life a little bit better in certain things, and little certain that we wish we'd lived life a little bit more skillfully? Things. That's what. Wisdom is, I think that's a good definition. Wisdom is the ability to live life skillfully. And can I say this, which I think is important. Wisdom is not having a lot of knowledge. They say, oh, wow, just, I, I know. so. No, Wisdom is not having a lot of knowledge. You can have a lot of knowledge, but knowledge does not necessarily make one wise. And you can you you can see that in interviews sometimes on TV you'll you'll, you'll see on the news sometimes they're saying all oh, all these kids are coming out of university with their their PhDs and their BA's and uh, but they can't function in the normal world they don't know how to how to handle the stuff that life that they know how to work out the uh, uh, formula for the uh, you know this or that or DNA or whatever but they they don't know how to do life normally so they have have knowledge but knowledge does not necessarily make you. Wise Now, I have a PhD, praising him daily. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. I have a BA, born again. Come on. Uh, just that's how. And so do you. So uh, we're highly qualified right here, right now. But, but knowledge does not make one wise. In fact, the Bible says knowledge can puff up. It can puff up. It can, In fact, knowledge can make one wise in their own eyes. But the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7, it says this, Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Proverbs 28, verse 26 says this, Those who trust in their own insight are foolish. A foolish James chapter three verses thirteen through sixteen, I don't have this on the screen talks about the fact that there's, there's an earthly wisdom that that are uh, living by our own wisdom, by our own insight that James says that's an earthly wisdom, and it said, it says it's man centered, and its motivation it says is selfish ambition, bitterness, and envy. I want to tell you, knowledge is not wisdom and, and Here's the thing, knowledge can be actually used for evil. See, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. North Korea uses the distribution of knowledge and the controlling of knowledge to control its people. They call it propaganda. And so I'm I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be controversial today, or am I? But don't believe everything you hear on the news. Don't assume that there's not bias. Don't assume that there's not agenda in there. That's why, I'm, that's why I am a passionate free speech advocate. I, 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 I believe in free speech even if it's offensive to me, even if it offends me, even if it upsets me, I believe in free, free speech. I, 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 think, I think people should be allowed to say what they think and think what they say respectfully, peacefully, but freely. And I should have the right to freely disagree and state my view respectfully, peacefully, and freely. See, because a government that, that, that tries to legislate what people can say or the words people can use or tells us how we have to think, even if it goes against common sense or tells us what we're allowed to believe, or come on, I'm preaching, who, who, who we, we can do business with, even if it goes against our values, even if it's in the name of tolerance, is a government that's trying to control the freedom and liberty of the individual. Someone said this, authority that does not exist for liberty is not authority but force. See, knowledge can be used for evil. Knowledge does not necessarily make one wise. Knowledge is not wisdom. So what is wisdom? Well, Psalm 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning, and I love how it's Psalm one 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 because how many know we need wisdom in an emergency? It's your one way. I need what do I do? I need to be rescued out of my Psalm one one one. Your emergency number tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs one verse seven says the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. In other words, the foundation is what? The foundation is the thing upon which we build. You build upon a foundation. You want to build a strong life. You want to build a strong marriage. You want to build a strong, strong You want to build a strong uh, 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 business. You want to build build a strong career. Understand this. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. People out there say there is no real truth anymore. There's no real truth. Everything's just abstract and everything. There's no real truth. Ask them, is that true? Is that true? Because if it's true, there is at least one real amount of truth. It's a nonsense argument. There is real truth. There is real right. People say there is no right and wrong. Is that right? We must understand truth, the foundation of it is the fear of the Lord. It's what we can build our life upon. And fear, when it's talking about the fear of the Lord, it's not like fear, like scared Kind of thing. It's not meaning that. It's talking about reverence. Fear, meaning reverence, respect. In other words, we hold in high regard. In other words, you you are interested in God's opinion of things, God's opinion of your situation. Isaiah 55, verse 8 says this For my thoughts, this is God speaking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts sometimes in our lives, we just live however we want. We do what oh, I think I'll do this and I think I'll do uh, that. But, but when, when we have a healthy fear of God, we're interested in what God thinks. Because we understand His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. In fact, the Bible says His thoughts are higher. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. See, Proverbs 4, 14, verse 12 says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it basically leads to death. You know, as a pastor, how many, over the years, you know, I've seen people come and they'll come up and I say, do you think that's the best choice you can make? Oh yeah, ma'am, I just really feel I'm gonna do that. And, and they end up in trouble, they end up a mess because they're, they're living in a way that seems right to them but in the end, it leads to death. Can I just say God knows best? About four of you. I'm saying God knows best. His ways are not our ways. He has a different way. So what is wisdom? If we ask the question, what is wisdom? Wisdom for me is really the correct use of knowledge. It's the correct use of knowledge. It's the correct use of understanding. It's one that understands that he is the foundation of all knowledge and truth. The fear of the Lord is the the foundation of all knowledge, understanding, and truth. See, Scripture tells us in in James that there is a heavenly kind of wisdom. It talked about an earthly wisdom, but there is a heavenly wisdom, a God-centered wisdom. James chapter 3, verse 17, it says this kind of wisdom, this kind of wisdom comes from heaven. And first of all, this is what it looks like. It's pure. Friends, I want to tell you the amount of times people have motives and stuff behind it that's not of God. And they won't tell you, oh, well, you know, you know I'm just doing it. But really, the motives are not pure. The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. In other words, God is the source of all wisdom. He is the source of all wisdom. That's why we should pay attention to His book. Because this is the manual. This is the, this is, in this book, He tells us how to live. Why? How does He know? How does he know who we are, how we should live? Because he formed us and fashioned us in our mother's womb. He designed us. He knows how we work best. You want to know how to, how to figure out that new TV you bought? Well, you you look at the manual. That's right. I mean, how many times do I show Anita got a chair the other week. She ordered it online, came flat packed. And, you know, I'm just, I'm a man. I'm not one of the three. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to figure out this chair. I can do it. I can do this thing. And, and you know, of an hour later, how many <laughs> that ain't coming, you know, the legs or no. I mean, it was just you got to look at the instructions, you got to look at the instructions, you got to get go, and All the men said, Amen. You've got to look at the instructions. This is the instruction book, this is the instruction book. Right. This tells us how to do life. Yeah, come on. And, and you might be here, well, oh, I'm not that smart. That's why we need to ask God. We're not that smart, but here's the, here's the good news: you can grow in wisdom. Some of you need to say "Amen" right there, because yeah, yeah. Even for the person next to you, you just have yeah, "Amen, Amen." We can grow in wisdom because how do I know that? Because Jesus did. Jesus did in Luke chapter two, verse fifty-two. It says, "Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people." So we need wisdom. What is wisdom? The correct use of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you got to ask the question, do you fear Him? Do we fear Him? Do we fear the Lord? Do we understand His ways are different than our ways? His thoughts are different than our thoughts. Number two, why do I need wisdom? Why do I need wisdom? What do I need wisdom for? Well, here's what someone said about wisdom. Wisdom is to the mind what health is to the body. Wisdom is to the mind what health is to the body. And here's another emergency number, Proverbs 9.11. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. Proverbs 9.11. Another emergency. I love all these emergency numbers around the words. I don't think that's a mistake right there. Wisdom will multiply... Your days it will add years to your life, you know I was going to show a video of 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 just again when I was talking about wisdom as a she of you know men just who do why don 't men live as long as women and they 're hitting their head and jumping off things and they it 's just not going it 's just not going uh, going well, but you live a wise life, it will extend your days it will do you good that 's what it 's saying in other words, wisdom will do you good. Proverbs 19 verse 8 says, to acquire wisdom is to love yourself. It's having a, a, a respect and understanding of who you are. People who cherish understanding will prosper. They'll prosper. In other words, they'll, they'll prosper. They'll be blessed. They'll, if, if you live a life of wisdom, you, you'll grow your life. You can grow your business. You can grow your family. You can uh, uh, do better at that. What you, uh, what you put your hand to. So it's important that we get wisdom. Tap your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. You need to get wisdom. Here's what Ecclesiastes says about wisdom. It says, it says this wisdom and money can get you almost anything. But only wisdom can save your life. Some of you think, well, I can, if I get rich, I can sort. No, no, only wisdom will save your life. Proverbs 3, verse 18 says, Wisdom is a tree of life. Wisdom is a tree of life. Those who embrace her. A tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. Turn to the person next to you and say you need to be a tree hugger. If there's any tree you're going to embrace, if there's any tree you're going to hug, hug wisdom. It's a tree of life to those who hold on tightly. To those who embrace her, it will be life to you. And it says happy are those. Happy are those who hold her tightly. Not meaning happy, ha-ha, and everything says, I'm happy all the time. No, no. Happy, it's talking about a satisfied life. There, there's depth there. There's meaning there. There's grace there. There's a, there's a fullness of life there. There's a fullness rather than foolishness. Yeah, Proverbs 4 verse 6 says, Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard your life. Proverbs 17 verse 24 says, Sensible people keep their eyes glued on wisdom. What are your eyes glued on? What do you fix your eyes on? Because so, sensible people keep their eyes glued on wisdom. Why? Because wisdom... Can help you, it can save your life. In Proverbs 1, verse 20, it says, Listen, wisdom is calling out in the King James Version. It says, She crieth out, she cries with a loud voice. Listen, wisdom is calling out in the streets and the marketplaces, calling loudly at the city gates and wherever people come together. In the message, that same passage says, Wisdom goes in the streets and shouts. At the town center, she makes her speech. In the middle of the traffic, she takes her stand. At the busiest corner, she calls out. You know, from this passage, we can see that wisdom has a voice and she speaks. But it's interesting to me where wisdom speaks. Where does wisdom speak? It tells us she speaks in the marketplace, at the city gates, and at intersections. And it's interesting to me because they're all places where decisions are made. They're all places where choices are made. The marketplace, if you think about it, it's where merchandise is displayed to tempt us. It's it's where things are bought and sold, where wealth is spent or wasted. It is where stuff is acquired. And so if we think about the marketplace, what does it represent to us? Well, it represents the flesh. It appeals to your flesh. I don't know if you've ever been to an Asian market, but having lived in India, I know what it's like when when you're there and everybody's vying for your business. Everybody's yelling out, hey, come here, buy this, touch this, get this, best price. I'll give you the best price. Come, smell it, taste it, touch it, take it. It's you, special price for you today. It appeals to the flesh, the city gates and... If you think about gates in general, gates are what? Gates are places where we allow stuff in and allow stuff out. Our eyes are gates. Our ears are gates. It speaks about the eye gate. We get what we see. That's why we sing that song. Be careful little eyes what you see. Because what are we looking at? What are we listening to? What, 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 what are we allowing in? And our city gates are... Like that, it's where things can come in and things can go out. But more than that, in ancient times, gates were where the city leaders, that's where the king sat. The king sat at the gate and it was in those gates that that all the decisions were made. It was where they debated and brought the different philosophies of the world that were trying to to come in or how to do life would be debated or, or politics would take place at the city gates. It's where critical decisions and rulings were, were made. So if the marketplace appeals to our flesh, the city gates appeals to our mind. With its philosophies, with its agendas. And oh my goodness, how we live in an agenda-filled society today. With people trying to force their ideologies on every side, on every, every front. And then there are intersections. What are intersections? Intersections are where directions are decided, where your direction is decided. You you decide your direction at intersections. We're left or right, straight ahead. Which way should I go? Because, see, here's the thing about intersections. What do they do? They can change our direction. They can change your direction. Intersections are turning places. Which way should I go? And it says... About wisdom, it says she shouts, she doesn't whisper, she doesn't go hello. She shouts, she shouts, she, she shouts for, and why does she shout? She shouts because there are many voices firing for our attention. She raises her voice that people might hear. See, wisdom shouts above all the other voices that want to be heard. And uh, I just say, as in the natural, so in the spiritual, that when it comes to critical places of decision in your life, there will be many voices, there will be many uh, uh, agendas competing for your attention, for your, for your eyes, for your ears, for your mind, for your time, for your affections, for, and, and ultimately for your heart. Perhaps there's someone here today you're at an intersection. I know sometimes if it's a major intersection they'll they'll say that on the same major intersection ahead. Maybe you're at a major intersection. Oh, I don't know what to do. Should I go left? That looks good. Should I go right? Well, that looks good too. Should I, go, I, just, I just stay on, on the road i'm go, I don't know which way way to go they all they all look good and. You know, in life, you know, there are some things in life that are like real obvious. That's a real dumb road to go down. Dead end. Dead end. No, it's, it's a no exit. I mean, you go down there. I mean, it's just like, it's a, but other choices, it's more difficult. And that's where we need wisdom. That's where we need to go, God, I need wisdom. Because wisdom will, will help us in the decision-making Intersections of our life. It'll help us when it comes to the thinking decisions about what do I really believe about this? What do I really believe about that? What does God's word say on this? What does God's word say on that? Because that leads me to the third question where do we find wisdom? Where do we find wisdom? Can I just say this? It's not that hard to find. James chapter 1, verse Five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, and that would be all of us in the room. Just being honest there. I mean, if anyone comes in here and says, nah, man, I don't, I don't lack wisdom. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say, just by the fact that you said that, it shows me you lack wisdom. The Bible says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he said, you should ask God, not Google. Come on, somebody. Yes. You should ask God, who doesn't hold back? He doesn't say, oh, I'm not, not giving you nothing. God says, if any of you lacks wisdom, and that would include every single one of us in the room, including me, and I'm a nice guy. <laughs> if any lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault. God doesn't go, well, you mucked up last time. I'm not going to help you this time. No, 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 without finding fault. I mean, I just, I just wonder if God's, Sitting there going, God, will he please ask? Or would she please ask? Please, just ask me. I'm ready to give it to you. I mean, he doesn't run out. He's he's God. He doesn't go, well, I had to give a lot to Shane last week. i got none left. Because, you know, he's got some big decisions he's got to make. I've got, got, no, 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 no. He's God. He's got enough for all of us. I've upset them. Stop him now. If any you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Can I just say this? Asking for wisdom should not be a monthly thing. It should be a daily thing. It should be every decision you make. And, and can I just tell you, a lot of us ask for wisdom after we've made the dumb, <laughs> after we've made the dumb choice. A lot of us are, are you know, we're, it, it, make wisdom a fence at the top of the cliff, not an ambulance at the bottom. Come on, somebody. Right, come on. M- 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 you know, a lot of the time, oh, what? Oh, yeah. And then you go, oh, man, people told me. Can, can, I, can I also tell you to the, this? The Bible says in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. That's right. Come on. The amount of times I've seen people lose their way and just lose direction because they're going, well, I just thought I'd just do it. This is what I was feeling. Can I just tell you, the Bible says, don't walk by your feelings. It says walk by faith. You need to walk according to what the Word Word says. Friend, if you're going to try and do life by just doing your own thing and then get people to pick up the, I'm I'm Pastor Adam, I love you. I'm trying to help you. But I've been hanging around a while and I find picking up the pieces is way harder than just, why don't you just ask at the beginning before you make a choice? And maybe some wisdom from somebody who's been around a bit longer could, could maybe help. It. Because I mean, even over relationships, what about relationships? Relationships, people lose it. They're just like, oh. They're just like zombies, really. I mean, I mean, and somebody needs that to, 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 to help bring the reality of that there. Oh, just love her. She just got out of prison. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying God can't. <laughs> but I'm just saying, have some wisdom. I'm getting these awesome emails from this lady in Nigeria. You, th- you think it's crazy, don't you? But the reality is I've had to work with people who make those kind of choices. Why not ask first? Why not ask, a God, I need your wisdom would you help me God ask him and he will give liberally to you ask for wisdom make it a daily thing I mean that's what Solomon did and, and the Bible says he was the wisest man who ever lived he asked for wisdom he had a dream and he had a dream and God came to him and in that dream he said ask me for anything he could have asked for anything but he asked for wisdom. What are you asking God for? You asking Him for a new car? Oh, I want that new 72-inch TV. What are you, what are you asking God for? Oh, God, could you do this? Give me that salary raise. What are you asking God for? What are you getting upset with God about? Oh, can't you do that? Can't you fix that? Maybe just ask for wisdom. Solomon did. And here's what it said in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 10. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. And it would be pleased if you would ask him. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies... I will give you what you ask for and I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or will ever have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. In other words, as he seeked God first, God took care of everything else. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and, keep my, and obey my decrees and my commands... As your father David did, I will give you a long life. You know, I've been reading out a lot of from the book of Proverbs today, and that's a book that Solomon wrote pretty much most of it. But to the rabbis, the Jewish rabbis, it's not, it's not called the book of Proverbs. To the Jewish rabbis, it's called the book of wisdom. It's the book of wisdom. We must find wisdom in His Word. We must find wisdom in his word. Now, I know our atheist friends out there say, oh, this book, is, this book is just a bunch of fairy tales. Come on, it's just a bunch of fairy tales. Really? This book is just a bunch of fairy tales. Well, can I just say this? If this book is just a bunch of fairy tales, can you please explain why it is banned in over 50-plus countries? Because I want to tell you, nobody goes to jail for reading Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Come on, somebody. Nobody. The reason this book is uh, 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 banned is because it's subversive. The reason this book is banned is because it's powerful. The reason that because they know, that, that dictator knows, that, that that government knows that if you read it, it will, could change you. Not only could it change you, it might change your people. It might change your tribe. It might, it might change your nation. They know if you start opening this book and, and getting the wisdom that is found in it, that, 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 that it just might start a revolution. It just might change not just you but change the world that's why the Bible says trust in the Lord with all of your heart and your own sense." trust in the Lord it says in Proverbs trust in the Lord with all of your heart lean not in Proverbs 3 verse 5 lean not on your own understanding in all your ways not just some all everybody say all all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straighten. In other words, whatever you acknowledge will direct your path. If you, you acknowledge fear, it'll direct you. If you acknowledge uh, 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 just, just frustration, that's what would. But if you would acknowledge him in all of your ways, he will direct your path. And then it goes on to say this verse 7 it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and shun evil. So what will this do? In verse 8, it says, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Would you give your life to Him? Would you trust Him? Would you trust Christ with your life? About Jesus, Colossians says this in Colossians 2 verse 3, in Him, meaning in Jesus, lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom. And knowledge, All the treasures. You want to be wise, ask Christ to help you to do life. Maybe you're here today and you, you've just realized, man, you're not on the right, right path. Maybe you've turned at an intersection in your life and life hasn't gone in the direction that you think it should. I want to take a moment and give people an opportunity to get back on the right path. Maybe you're here today and go, oh, man, I I, I turned this through. My life's ended up like this. My life's ended. Pastor, you won't believe how bad it is. But friends, can I tell you, here's the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is not how bad you are. Because if you try and fix up yourself, the Bible says all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. You try and fix up yourself, you can't do it. Like I said, we, we are not saved because we give our life to Christ. We are saved because He gave His life. And because He gave, we can live. Because He died and rose again, we can rise. We can get up. So if you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, in a moment I'm going to pray a prayer that says, God, come into my life. The Bible says He knocks on the door of our heart. Maybe you can sense Him knocking right now. And you just know, man, I need to get right with God. Like I say, you might be going, man, I'm, I'm... but I'm I'm a pretty bad sort of dude or whatever. I, I I know, you know. Friends, I always say this. The Bible is called the good book, not because the people in it are good, but because the God in it is good. He's a good God. Would you open your heart to him today? Can I ask for every head bowed and every eye closed, right across this auditorium? If you're here today and going, that's me, you've read my mail, Pastor. I need to get my life right with with God here today. Maybe you've been a Christian for ages. I don't know, but you know your life is not right with God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you know you need to get right with Him right now. You want to be included in that prayer? I'm going to pray in a moment. If that's you, would you put up your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I I just want to get right with God. Is there anyone here? You know you need to get right with God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Yes, thank you now. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, sweetheart. All right, slip those hands down. So Lord, I just thank you for every person who put their hand up now just knowing they need to get right with God today. So as we pray this prayer, just repeat it all of us together. Lord Jesus, I come to you today a sinner in need of a Savior. I invite you into my life, into my heart, to be my Lord and my King. Direct my life, my choices, my decisions from this day forth. I give my life to you in a new way. In Jesus' name.